Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rotoviz RV32 preseason team preview series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. This is the Dallas Cowboys preview of the 2018 RV32 team preview series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. I'll be joined in just a few moments by Marcus Mosier, host of At Locked on Cowboys, contributor at The Athletic Dallas-Fort Worth, and Pro Football Weekly. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. But before we get started, I want to let all of you know that as a listener to the podcast, you can save yourself 30% on a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all of the NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. In this episode, he talks about why Ezekiel Elliott should be the 101 in all redraft formats, how Dak Prescott will fare in year three, and how the excessive vacated receiving targets will be distributed in 2018. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Marcus said, and we'll take a closer look at the Cowboys' main offensive starters using some of the Rotoviz apps. And now, let's bring on the guest. We are thrilled to have Marcus Mosier today on the Rotoviz Team Preview Series. Marcus Mosier is the host of Locked On Cowboys. He's the managing editor of the Raiders Wire. He's a contributor at the Athletic Dallas Fort Worth and at Pro Football Weekly. Marcus is the expert on the Cowboys. He knows the team inside and out and joins us for a few minutes here in the RV32 Team Preview Series. Please follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Marcus, thanks so much for a few minutes. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's start with the off season. I remember in April, I was hearing you on the Sonic Truth podcast that you co-host with Matt Kelly. Talk about sort of Dallas's mistakes there with Des Bryant and then, of course, Jason Witten leaving. You said that the decision to cut Des sort of made sense, but just not so late in April. And then, of course, Jason Witten decided to retire in May after the NFL draft. So could you just talk about these two moves and how much the late Bryant release and, and losing Witten there in May may have hurt the Cowboys or set them back in preparation for the 2018 season? Yeah, so both of those moves happened pretty much after free agency. Dez was cut in the middle of April. Uh, Witten retired after the first round of the draft. And it kind of just left the Cowboys without any options or to replace either of those guys. Um, with Dez, they kind of dragged their feet through the whole situation. They talked about playing him with Alan Hearns. They talked about keeping him as the number one receiver. They kind of kept him in limbo. Uh, they weren't sure what they were going to do with him. And then they finally decided to have the meeting, released him. Um, and, you know, they don't really have an adequate number one receiver. I would even argue they don't have a true number two receiver on their roster. So, because they, you know, kind of skipped out on the whole free agency process, they missed out on potentially signing guys like, you know, even Michael Crabtree or Dante Moncrief or, you know, guys they could have got out of value to replace him. Um, and now they're going into the season without, you know, really any reliable receivers. Um, as for the tight ends, you know, there was a lot of interesting tight end options in free agency this year with Jimmy Graham, uh, with Eric Ebron. Again, another situation where the Cowboys didn't have a chance to address it by the time Witten told them that he was going to retire. They were already in the second round of the draft, and it's hard to, tra- to change your draft plans. So the Cowboys are kind of going into the season without two playmakers that they maybe thought they were going to have back in March. 
Well, the best place to start with the offense this year is, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. Star running back has produced one of the best statistical starts to an NFL career that we've seen in recent memory. We've seen all the tweets and the reports about the 400 uh, rushes, and a lot of that depends on the Cowboys' perennially strong offensive line, which was really decimated by injuries last year. So how is Elliott doing so far? Is the offensive line looking good, like it's going to return to its its dominant form of 2016? And sort of how does the backfield in general be, behind Elliott look in 2018? Well, it's a great question. So first of all, I've been beating the drum that I think Elliott should be the, the 101 in every one of your guys' drafts coming up because he's going to get a solid workload. I, I think 400 touches is very likely. Um, he looks like he's in much better shape than he was last year. I think he is going to he's going to play all 16 games this year. He's one of the most durable running backs that we've seen um, in the last couple seasons. He's slimmed down. Like you mentioned about the offensive line, Tyron Smith looks like he's in the best shape of his career. He's been doing yoga this offseason to help you know some of his back and groin injuries. Uh, they drafted Connor Williams in the second round to fill that left guard spot. Uh, that was just a disaster last year at Chad Screen and Jonathan Cooper trying to fill that void. Uh, at right tackle, Lyle Collins is, is taking big steps forward in his second year at right tackle. Uh, so they're really confident in the offensive line. And the Cowboys are building this offense around Zeke. They want him to be the centerpiece of uh, not only the rushing attack, but also their passing game. I think you're going to see an uptick in targets and receptions from Zeke this year. So he's going to have a monster, monster year. The Cowboys offense might not be very good, but Zeke is going to he is going to be fed the ball. I think. 22 to 25 touches per game for Zeke is definitely realistic when you consider how talented he is and how good the Cowboys offensive line. That's just a recipe for success for Zeke's fantasy stock. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, Elliott's the targets that he was getting last year was an uptick from the year before. You know, with the suspension, people don't realize that per game he was getting more receiving targets. So I, I think he can be an underrated part of the receiving part of, the, of that Cowboys offense, no? Yes, and I'm going to add something in really quickly. Um, one of the moves the Cowboys made this offseason was trading for Tavon Austin. And when the move happened with Austin, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones talked about using Austin out of the backfield as potentially a web back. Um, that hasn't happened in training camp so far. They haven't had him used uh, out of the backfield at all. He hasn't taken a single rep uh, from the backfield. Most of his time has come as an outside receiver. So I think there was some concerns that he was going to steal some of those, you know, running back receptions away from Zeke. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Zeke is going to get, you know, I think there's a chance he catches 45 to 50 passes this year in Scott Linehan's offense. Marcus, talk to us too about the backups for Ezekiel Elliott. Rod Smith, Bo Scarborough. Uh, how has the rookie done Scarborough, the seventh round pick? Rod Smith was someone who popped last year, did a lot sort of rushing and receiving, had a couple long catches as well. So talk about them. Which one do you think, if Zeke were to have an injury, would be the one who would step forward to take that to take that lead role? Yeah, so it's really tough to tell in Cowboys practice with some of these running backs because while they practice in pads, they don't do a lot of live tackling. So a guy like Bo Scarborough isn't going to show up well in these practices just because he's not a polished receiver. Um, you know, he needs to get to the preseason to show what he has. But it's Rod Smith. Uh, they absolutely love Rod Smith. Uh, they think he can be a star in the NFL. They're even working on packages that they call the pony package, getting him and Zeke on the field at the same time. Sometimes it's split. Sometimes it's Rod Smith as a fullback. Sometimes it's Smith out wide as a receiver. Uh, if Zeke goes down, it's Rod Smith's backfield. Uh, and they believe he can carry it. Last year when Zeke was out, uh, five touchdowns in four games. 
a very, very productive runner. Um, he needs, he still needs a little bit of development, but yeah, this is, this is Rod Smith's backfield if Zeke goes down. Well, the Cowboys into year three of Dak Prescott at quarterback. Uh, 2017, statistically, because of the injuries and everything that went on, was a little bit behind what 2016 was. But they've lost a lot of targets, the third most vacated targets of any team with 272. And then they lost 147 receptions with the departure of Des Bryant, Jason Witten, and Bryce Butler. How will that offensive game plan differ this season with a new receiving core? And will Dak look to run a little bit more to generate more RPOs for the Cowboys? I hope so. Uh, Dak's a really good runner. He's probably one of the top three or four, you know, runners from the quarterback position in the league. Super efficient last year. Um, I, I hope he gets, you know, on the move some more. But as for the receivers in the passing game, this is going to be a, an offense that uses a lot of different personnel groupings, a lot of different receivers in different situations. Uh, just from practice now, they almost have three different teams that they're using at receiver. Uh, mostly it's Cole Beasley with Tavon Austin, but a little bit of Deontay Thompson sprinkled in, uh, some Terrence Williams on the outside. They like this kid, Lance Lenore, that they brought in last year. Uh, there's Noah Brown there, Michael Gallup, the third-round pick. I, I don't think they're going to have a, a set number one, number two, number three receiver. They're going to be rotating all of these guys in. It's going to be very hard to predict from a fantasy standpoint who's going to stand out. Um, I, I think they're going to want to play, you know, the the matchup on defense. If they're going against the slower defense, maybe they'll use some more Deontay Thompson down the field. Uh, they're playing a lot of a lot of man, maybe more Cole Beasley. But from a receiver standpoint, it, it's going to be awfully hard to guess each and every week. Uh, who Dak's number one receiver is going to be. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of debate on social media about Alan Hearns versus Michael Gallup. You know, Alan Hearns was brought in, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, when Dez was still there. So I don't think they necessarily That's brought correct. him. That's correct, yep. Yeah, they, I don't think they brought him in as, as pretty much a number one. I think they were looking for him as a number two sort of a support role. So uh, Michael Gallup is a rookie, and we know that rarely rookies are going to make a huge impact in the receiving game. But could Gallup, because of this shallow receiving depth chart, could he really come on maybe mid-year, second half of the year as as a legit option for them? I think it's possible. I think when you're watching practice right now, you can see uh, there's already a connection between Deck and Gallup. Uh, Gallup's not the downfield burner. Uh, he he's not going to make a lot of plays, you know, after the catch, but he just gets open. Uh, he's got really really tough hands. Uh, he's not afraid of going across the middle. Uh, he can win on those, you know, the RPO routes and the slants on the digs. Uh, some of those same routes that Des won on the last couple of years. Uh, I, I think by 2019, I think Gallup is going to be the Cowboys' number one receiver. I would not be shocked if if that happens early, early this year. He, you can just see his talent, uh, and you know, he, I would argue he's already the most talented receiver on the Cowboys' roster. I think it'll take him a little time to adjust to the NFL game and the speed, uh, but yeah, I think that's a, a good possibility that he becomes. Uh, their best receiver right away. Sort of one of the things that's under the radar for the Cowboys is their defense. They have a very young defensive core. They have Taco Charlton from last year, Leighton Vander Esch this year in round one. Of course, Demarcus Lawrence, 14 and a half sacks. He's back from last season. With all the attention that, that people tend to give nationally to the Cowboys offense, are we selling this defense a, a little short? And how can they shape up this year in, uh, in 2018? I think so. The defense has been kicking the offense's butt so far in training camp. Uh, the Cowboys absolutely love their young secondary with new passing game coordinator, Chris Shard, who comes from Seattle. Uh, they think moving Byron Jones to cornerback is going to be a fantastic move, and I agree. He's been their best defensive back so far, uh, you know, for the, through the first week and a half of practice. Uh, Chidobi Awuzie, a second round pick from last year, 
looks like he is going to be a star. Uh, Jalen Smith looks healthy. Sean Lee is healthy. They have Leighton Van Der Esch, so They have three linebackers they feel good about. Uh, defensive line with Lawrence and Taco and David Irving when he comes back and Randy Gregory off his, his uh, year-long suspension. They, they feel really good about their defense on all three levels. And then there's always a possibility that Earl Thomas comes. I still think that's – I still think the Cowboys and Seahawks are going to have a conversation about Thomas before the season begins. But, yeah, this is a defense that has the, the potential to be, you know, one of the best units in the league if they can stay healthy. Marcus, we appreciate a few minutes. Just one more question, then we'll get you out of here. The NFC East has experienced the worst to first finish each of the past three seasons, so there's certainly reason for optimism with the Cowboys after a 9-7 and seven season in which they were 5-1 and one against the NFC East. They play the NFC South this year, and AFC South both are tough divisions. Vegas over-under line is right in the middle, 8.5 wins. What do you predict as the Cowboys' record to the end of the season and as a playoff trip in the cards for 2018? Well, that NFC is just so difficult this year. And you mentioned the Cowboys play the NFC South. So you're playing the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints. Uh, those are three playoff teams from last year. Um, the, the, the AFC South should be better with Deshaun Watson coming back, Andrew Luck. Eight wins sounds just about right. I think there's a really good chance that the Cowboys could be a significantly better team than they were last year and still end up with eight or nine wins just because of how stacked that NFC is. So uh, I, I would probably go under with eight wins. Um, but again, I think this has a chance to be a really, really competitive team uh, that may just lack one or two pieces to, for it to be a real Super Bowl contender. Marcus, that's great information on the Cowboys. We can't thank you enough. Folks, Marcus Mosier, great follow on Twitter, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Locked on Cowboys, athletic Dallas, Fort Worth. He's also working on the Raiders as well, just an expert in NFL, and gave us some great insight there on the Cowboys. Marcus, thanks for a few minutes, and best of luck on the season. Hey, thanks for having me on. That was Marcus Mosier, host of Locked on Cowboys, managing editor of the Raiders Wire and contributor at the Athletic Dallas, Fort Worth and Pro Football Weekly. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider what Marcus said. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. We thank Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys for coming on the road of his podcast to give us an incredible preview of the Dallas Cowboys. Marcus has so much information covering the Cowboys now for several years. He really gave us some in-depth analysis, not only on the offensive players, but on the defensive side of the ball as well. He made a very strong case that Ezekiel Elliott should be the 1.01 pick in all redraft formats. And his arguments are very solid, is that Elliott is being talked up of having possibly 400 overall touches maybe even 400 rushes this season, that the ball is going to go through him and they're ready to really feed him as the bell cow back. He's one of those few running backs in the NFL that can be used on all three downs. Marcus mentioned that his receiving ability is improved and he really has a sort of a bad rep there 
because he did do a decent job receiving last year and saw an increase in his receiving targets per game from year one to year two. No one talks about that because he did miss the six games. Using the Rotoviz Screener app, again, this incredible suite of apps on rotoviz.com, the Screener app allows you to compare seasons between certain running backs. So I looked at the first two seasons for Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson. Those pretty much are the consensus top four picks in most of your redraft formats. Looking at those numbers, they actually support Marcus's claim about the 1.01 being Zeke. Over his first two seasons, Zeke has played in 25 games, Bell and Gurley 29, and David Johnson played in 32. Overall total touchdowns, Elliott has 25 total touchdowns during those first two seasons. In the 25 games, that's one for every single game. That's much more than the 19 touchdowns in 29 games for Bell, the 16 touchdowns in 29 games for Gurley, and is equal to the 32 touchdowns in those 32 games for David Johnson. Rushing yards over his first two seasons, Gurley has by far and away the most with 2,615. That's just about 400 more than Le'Veon Bell at 2,221. Now in the receiving area, certainly David Johnson and Bell have a lot more receptions than him. Bell has 128 in his first two years. David Johnson had 116 in his first two years. Elliott only has 58. But what's interesting is he has, Ezekiel Elliott, the same amount of receiving touchdowns in his first two seasons as Le'Veon Bell does. They both have three. Johnson leads the way with eight. Gurley had zero. And in total fantasy PPR points, Elliott accumulated 530.7. That's much more than Gurley's 410. It's less than David Johnson's 623 and Le'Veon Bell's 590. But again, realize he only played 25 games. So if you use the road of his screener, Elliott's first two seasons are as good, if not better, than those other three running backs, Bell, Gurley, and Johnson, who people are considering taking ahead of him at the 1.01. So if you follow the rumors that they are going to feed Ezekiel Elliott the ball and use him to control the clock and control the tempo, he could have a career year, which is saying something because his first two seasons stack up not only with those three running backs, but with some of the best first two seasons in NFL history. Next, we'll take a closer look at Dak Prescott. Now, third-year quarterback had a tremendous rookie season in 2016, really took the league by storm, taking that starting job away from Tony Romo after injury. Then in 2017 last year, he certainly took a step back. But of course, as Marcus mentioned, because of the offensive line injuries and not having Ezekiel Elliott for six games, and we'll take a closer look at that in a minute, that really made things a lot tougher for Dak Prescott than many of your other quarterbacks in the NFL. Just looking at his stats in those first two years, he had more attempts last year but less completion, so his completion percentage went down from 67.8 as a rookie to 62.9. He threw for 3,667 yards his rookie season and only 3,324 the year after. So that's a drop in his yards per attempt average from 8.0 to 6.8. He had 23 touchdowns as a rookie and 22 touchdowns last year passing in his second season. But of course, the issue was the interceptions, which rose from 4 to 13. His rushing yards actually increased, which of course is very sneaky for fantasy owners. He went from 282 rushing yards as a rookie to 357, and his yards per attempt rose from 4.9 to 6.3. So I would expect Dak Prescott to really get a lot of rushing value. You know he's a rushing quarterback, but because last year he took a step back overall in terms of total numbers, 
numbers, you may not realize how efficient he was. His average yards per game rushing went from 70.6 to 22.3. So you're talking about two extra fantasy points per game with those rushing yards. And he had six rushing touchdowns in each of those first two seasons. But something else that surprised me is just how much more efficient Dak Prescott was when Ezekiel Elliott was on the field. Over these last two seasons, Dak Prescott has played 25 games with Ezekiel Elliott and seven games without him. He has averaged almost 10 more fantasy points per game, 23.18 with Elliott and only 13.65 without him. His passing attempts up with Elliott. His passing completions up with Elliott. His interceptions are down. He has averaged an interception per game when Ezekiel Elliott has not been on the field and only 0.4 per game when he hasn't been there. His passing touchdowns more than double, 1.6 per game with Zeke, 0.71 passing touchdowns per game without him. So that means when Elliott is not on the field, Prescott averages more interceptions than touchdowns per game. That is huge. And as for the passing yards, maybe the biggest difference 62.24 more passing yards per game when Prescott has Elliott on the field. 231.24 versus 169 without. I got that from the Game Splits app on Rotoviz, an incredible app where I could examine what Prescott does statistically with Elliott or any other player versus when he does not. So the Game Splits app, really useful, and that really illustrates just how good Prescott can be when Elliott is there. And listen, his receiving weapons last year were not fantastic. Des Bryant certainly struggled, and this year, while he does have a different wide receiver core and no Jason Witten, which Marcus pointed out could, of course, be an issue, certainly if Elliott's on the field, you would think that Dak Prescott could still perform at a really high level. And the last thing we'll look at is each of the offensive skill position projections for the Cowboys in the 2018 season using the Rotoviz projection machine. Maybe the best app we have here under fantasy football draft prep. Projection machine allows you to put in your estimate targets and rushing percentage and touchdown and catch rate for all the positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. It then takes those numbers and gives you projections on how you think the players are going to perform at the end of the season. They also give you the stats from the last five years for each of those positions so you can sort of play with the numbers and put the number in that you think fits well. For example, with Ezekiel Elliott, I'm going to really refer back to the 2016 season more so than the 2017 season because of the full 16 games he played in 2016. So looking at the quarterback position, I have Prescott throwing for a little over 3,700 yards, so a little more than he's had in the past. His completion percentage at 66%, right in the middle of the last two seasons. I see 27 passing touchdowns, a little bit of of an uptick, and the 12 interceptions. I see some negative game scripts, so maybe he forces the ball a little bit too much. Certainly more closer to last year's 13 than his rookie season of four. But I will give him six rushing touchdowns because that's what he had in 2017 and 2016 and 300 rushing yards. 320, in fact, so probably right between the last two seasons. For the running back for Zeke Elliott, I'm going to give him 300 rushing attempts and 53 receptions. So that's going to be 354 touches. I have 1,294 rushing yards, a little bit under 1,300. I'll give him 4.3 yards a carry, 11 rushing touchdowns, 4 receiving touchdowns, so 15 total touchdowns on the season, but 53 receptions. So following Marcus's thoughts on how he's going to become a much larger part of the receiving game. I like Rod Smith as well. 
I'm going to give him two rushing touchdowns. I'll give him four receiving touchdowns as well. I'll give him 25 receptions, a little under 200 receiving yards, but he will be someone who will be able to take some of that maybe two-minute drill third down work once in a while from Zeke Elliott. And of course, if Zeke were to get hurt, Rod Smith, Marcus said, would be the the player to step up in that role. I'm following what he says about the receivers. I see the receptions being spread out across the board. I do see Alan Hearns getting the most receptions. I'll put him at 78. And then I'll have Terrence Williams at 58. And Michael Gallup as the wide receiver three. I'm going to project him past Terrence Williams with 61 receptions. I don't see any of the receivers getting over a 1,000 yards. Alan Hearns did it once. He had the 10 touchdowns a few years ago in Jacksonville. So certainly it's reasonable that he could get there with Dak Prescott in this offense with this great offensive line. But I'm going to put him a notch below at 926 receiving yards. I'll give Michael Gallup 700. I think he will take over as sort of the main option there in the receiving game once we get to midseason towards the end. I give him about 700 receiving yards. Terrence Williams back around 460. I think Hearns will get the majority of the touchdowns with seven. I give Gallup five and I will give Williams three. Looking at the tight ends, I see Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin, and the other backup tight ends really being primarily just blockers for the Cowboys. So I don't see them getting a ton of receptions, maybe 25 receptions or so for the lead tight end, maybe 30 if they push it, overall being a lower part of the offense, really focusing on Zeke, focusing on Rod Smith and that group of wide receivers. So this adds up as a cumulative number for 27 passing touchdowns for Dak, 12 interceptions, 6 rushing. Again, I have Zeke with 15 touchdowns overall, Rod Smith being a significant part with 6 total touchdowns, 4 receiving for him, and then of course the wide receivers, Hearns and Gallup leading the way with 7 touchdowns and 5 touchdowns respectively. So the Dallas offense, not sure how they're going to do. That 8-8, eight and eight, sort of 9-7 and seven area is possible for the Cowboys this year that Marcus talked about. So they're going to try to push Zeke in the games that are ahead. He's going to be fed the ball. Could be talking about 20-25 touches a game for him. But if they get behind, Prescott's going to have to throw. And so that's why I think there'll be an uptick in his numbers as well. And certainly with Prescott going around the QB 20 area, certainly with numbers like this, especially his rushing ability, he is someone who is very undervalued. Zeke, of course, could be the overall running back one. And as far as the wide receivers, with Alan Hearns going as a wide receiver 43, not even in a wide receiver three conversation, that is tremendous value in sort of round nine, round 10 of PPR formats. And then, of course, you can get Michael Gallup in round 13 or maybe even pick him up after the draft. So there is value in this Dallas offense, even though they don't project to pass as much. Each of the last two seasons, Prescott has averaged over 300 completions per year. So there is value here, whether it's Cole Beasley, whether it's Michael Gallup, whether it's Terrence Williams, Alan Hearns, all of them are going to get a piece of this, and there's going to be someone who's going to step forward. And I do feel like Marcus said that it's going to be the rookie Gallup as the season goes on. And that's going to do it for the Cowboys episode of the 2018 Hashtag RV32 Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Again, our guest today was Marcus Mosier, host of Locked on Cowboys, managing editor of the Raiders Wire, contributor at The Athletic, Dallas-Fort Worth, and Pro Football Weekly. Please be sure to follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Make sure to stay tuned over the next month as we go around the NFL, preview each and every NFL team, and certainly follow the pod on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Rotoviz Radio team preview series. Our assistant executive producer is Colin Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Freeman. 
Please rate and review the Rotobiz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotobizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotobiz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotobiz at a 30% discount through the Rotobiz Radio homepage, rotobiz.com forward slash podcast.